With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. January 8th, 2020, and you are here with your hosts, Lauren Smith and Dustin Clark. <laughs> How are you doing, Dustin? I'm doing pretty good. It was a long day dealing with heat and air people, mm-hmm. but it's all settled, and now I'm ready to have an awesome show tonight. Me too, me too. How are you, Lauren? <laughs> Fantastic. Weather's great. Beautiful. Beautiful outside, you know. <laughs> Thanks for the weather update. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like it's just not the same without it. So <laughs> anyway, um, so anything Bigfoot related in your world? Yes. Uh, actually, uh, I don't know if we want to go ahead and, uh, talk about it at the top of the show or at the end of the show, but uh, we need to start now. Well, go ahead and uh, get it out of the way because yeah. I know uh, Larry and Mark, you know, they just, um, once you get those two going, they just, you know, you can't get them to be quiet, so. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, um, uh, so, as, so, okay, go ahead. Better patter. Uh, on February 20th, February 29th, uh, we will be down in Falk, Arkansas at uh, Smith Park, and we'll be down there with Keith Crabtree, and uh, we're basically doing a Bigfooters camp out. Um, we're doing it to raise money for to help fix up Smith Park because it's kind of fallen to the wayside on um, getting help from the state. So uh, it's free to camp there. We're just asking all the Bigfoot people that come to donate just what they can. We'll also be doing a raffle. Uh, there'll be different things in the raffle. Um, I saw that Randy Edwards, he's going to uh, be donating a sling bow, which is a slingshot you can shoot arrows with, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, will, I, I, don't know, I don't know what I'm donating to the raffle yet, um, but it'll obviously be one of my leatherwork pieces. And uh, 
we're just gonna go hang out, have fun. You, uh, we'll have Wild Blackburn there, and a bunch of other people, and of course Keith Crabtree, the monster from Legend of Boggy Creek, the Falk monster. So mm-hmm. we'll also have um, She Squatch there, uh, Jeff Crypto Hulk Stewart. Um, I believe the Sisters of the Moon are gonna try to put an appearance in. And so we're going to have a lot of great folks there, a lot of different groups coming together and supporting this park um, for future campers and future researchers, because I don't know about y'all, but I think um, a lot of people stay there when they go to Falk. So we want it to be a good, clean park. We want it to be, um, have good amenities. I can't say that word right now. We want it to have good facilities. um, Yeah, that word. I can't like an enemy oh I can say it right now look at that anyway so we want the park to be nice and um, hospitable for everyone that's uh, wanting to camp there so we hope you all can join us we'll remind you about a thousand more times before the event Um, you go to our Facebook our night callers page you can find the event and you can check out more about it we're going to have different events Um, during that we're going to have a movie night all kinds of different things we're actually going to do a night research um, and she squatch is going to be there. And she said that if there were some kids that show up, she was going to play hide and seek in the woods with the kids. So let them see a Bigfoot. So that's pretty exciting. I told her I was very excited. And if no kids show up, I will gladly, um, play hide and seek in the woods with her. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm pretty excited. I hope no kids show up so that I can play. So anyways, um, <laughs> So tonight we have Larry Porch II and Mark Newble. These guys have been friends of mine for a while now. Um, absolutely love chatting with them anytime we can. Um, they're part of quite a few different groups, but they have Beast TV on YouTube. It's a great show. They're on weekly, and they have fantastic guests on there. I'm not just saying that because I've been on a couple times. Other people are great, too. <laughs> And, um, but they, they focus a lot on getting out in the field, um, how to do different research, how to set up your camp in different ways, how to get out there and and get out in the primitive areas rather than the campgrounds and really get out there and research, immerse yourself in, in the nature to get that good data. Um, so they're full of great tips. Their guests are full of great tips. And um, they also have really great um, educational videos on um, and resources on audio because, you know, that's all of us love to go out and record the audio, but getting it back home and listening to all of it, figuring out what to do with it, you know, that's the hard part. So um, anyway, so tonight we're going to hear from them on uh, all the things I just mentioned. How are you doing tonight, guys? Doing fantastic. How about you? Well, Doing good. Finer than frog hair. <laughs> I'm glad to have you guys on. <laughs> um, what have you guys been up to? Well, last weekend we went to Land Between the Lakes, LBL, and did a um, Looked at a spot that Larry and Debbie Jones had 
had gone and done a little reconnaissance on, and it looked really good on the topo maps. So they went and checked it out, and uh, it was a it's a pretty cool place, and I have a feeling that Larry and I'll be going back there. Mm. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I know that y'all have been uh, camping out under a tarp on the ground. <laughs> um, how's that been going for you? Y'all get a lot of restful, you know, peace. Well, Mark, I know you could sleep literally anywhere. Like you could sleep in the middle of a war zone and you would be completely fine. Um, Larry, have you been getting a lot of rest when you're out there? <laughs> no, not really. I get my rest from about 4 a.m. till about 8 a.m. And that's when Mark gets up and tends the fire and everything. Uh-huh. But we've been we've been roughing oh, it terrible. pretty much, but it's been y'all adventure. have. Yeah, yeah, y'all have. Y'all been really getting out there and getting primitive, and uh, I know that's what y'all do anyway. But um, so for y'all that don't know, y'all should uh, go follow them on Facebook because they do live videos while they're out there in the midst of it, and it's. Uh, Really great entertainment, actually, and and they keep making these comments like, "God, y'all must be real bored watching us all night." I'm like, "Are you kidding? I'm living vicariously right now." You know, I I have little ones, and so I can't get out as much as I would like to. I'd be out all the time, and so you guys are out, and I'm like, "Yes, live video." It's like my crack, honestly. <laughs> well, it's fun to go live and do that in those locations, and normally we don't mm-hmm. have signal, but this year. Must have added a tower somewhere on the mm-hmm. east side of LBL, so we've been able to connect anyway. It's too yeah, bad we yeah, I did uh, <laughs> enough activity to this... <laughs> make you want to watch. <laughs> well, I mean, just y'all being out there is enough because y'all talk about you know how you, what kind of shelter you put up, and um, you know you got Mark and his mini layers and all that. <laughs> Mark, um, really, he really researches these shelters and stuff. We've got a friend that's uh-huh. been on our show, and he, he builds a different shelter about every time he goes out. His mm-hmm. channel's fun in the woods, and we get a lot of ideas from him and try to go out and do these things. He's a whole lot better mm-hmm. at it than we are, but we suffer through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. No, nice you guys be y'all a- great. It is nice to be able to have a fire on the inside of your tent. Because, you know, when it's mm-hmm. below freezing, it's really cold out there. And then if any wind starts up, it just it you could be miserable really quick but if if you've got a fire that's just two feet away from you and you're able to mm-hmm. sleep through the night with a fire going it's uh it's a whole lot more bearable oh yeah definitely um um i know i don't remember i think spencer Jameson had posted, he had posted a different uh, rock 
uh, fire that he had built the other day, and he wanted y'all to try out next time to where you you um, dig the hole and put the rocks over it, and then have a little breather hole for the smoke to go out the back. Yeah, that's a Dakota fire pit, and mm-hmm. uh, I I have done a prototype in my backyard a couple of years ago, and it's a it's a cool fire pit, but I guess our only setback with it is Larry would have to tote a shovel on his backpack. And mm-hmm. I don't think he has any more room on his backpack <laughs> to tote a shovel to, <laughs> to dig well, the well, probably just, just tied on. I probably wouldn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, I have not been hiking with you yet, but when I – when I picture it, I picture you looking like Samwise from uh, Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings, just clanking through the woods with all your pots and pans. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> I, I just can't leave anything at home. I think, well, I may use that, so I'll put that in there. <laughs> I think I'm the same way, and... Um, and my husband's forever trying to shave weight down. So he hikes, you know, superior hiking trail and he goes and hikes all these, all these other trails. And he's just like, I'll put like a pack of makeup remover wipes or something in there. He's like, do you really need those? You could use these, you know, and you could shave 13 ounces off of your weight. And I'm like, Oh my Lord. (laughs) I mean, I know he's doing it to save my back, but I mean, it's just ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm not that type of person that's going to weigh ounces and think about it. If <laughs> I don't know. I know people that mm-hmm. way, and I understand the thought behind it, but I like to be comfortable when I'm out there and not suffer as much. Well, never mind that. We do suffer. <laughs> but I try to make it as easy on myself as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So you guys have been out. Um, y'all had any good encounters recently? Larry, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Mark. Talk, talk a little bit about what you and Rodney saw. Well, I don't know what I saw, but I saw... Mm-hmm. What could have been eye shine the other night. I was laying there probably about 2 in the morning, and with that open tarp, you can look out all you want to. And I could see something that appeared to be moving and appeared to be eye shine, but I'm not 100% sure it was eye shine. And I watched Mm it, and... I don't know, after 10 minutes, I didn't see it anymore. And since I was up about 4 or 4.30, I saw it again. And this time, it seemed to be moving again. And this time, our buddy Rodney, he was up, and I asked him if he was seeing it, and he also saw it and thought it was moving. So... We never did know for sure if it was eye shine. It was at a distance away from us. We had a fairly Mm -hmm. big ridge, probably 200 yards from us, and it could have been coming down that ridge. I don't know, but 
it seemed to only get so close and then it would either turn around and go away or it would get in a position it could watch us without us seeing the eye shine. I don't know. But really that's the best activity we probably had out of the last two trips. I know we we heard some things, but nothing that we can say 100% was anything. And I don't know what Mark remembers out of the last two trips, but that's the most significant thing in my mind at this point is just possible eye shine. Hmm. Well, well, I know. I really I really enjoyed the trip that when we rolled up there a couple of weeks ago with Dan Ricky and Vicky Fulcher and Shelly Reed and we went to the spot where the feast of LBL supposedly killing happened. And that was that was pretty exciting to to go up there. There was we were having vocalizations going on around us which uh, I believe most of them was a fox, but we did hear something else that didn't quite sound canine. And, but it was, it was fun to go up there in the middle of the night and just tromp around in the woods. And uh, we had Dan, Ricky, Larry, and I had walked, uh, two or three hundred yards away down a trail and and then we shot off in the woods and we're going to come back up through the woods where, where the pill boxes were and Dan Ricky starts making calls. <laughs> Larry and I was just sitting there thinking, he's using us for bait. Dan Ricky is actually using us for bait. <laughs> um. Well, that sounds about like Dan, so. Yeah, and then I looked at Mark and smiled. I smiled and said, but I've got the keys in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, that's good. I bet Dan realized that, too, and he was like, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But we always have fun going out with Dan and Vicky, and Shelly's usually with us. We have a blast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dan's a character. He is. That's a bunch of good people right there, all of them. I know Shelly, she has one of the best female calls I've ever heard. I just love it. Um, Yeah. And it gets responses. Yep. Um, So I think... We usually ask the general question, how did y'all get into this? And I don't think we asked that this time because, you know, we just jumped right in. But um, (laughs) for anyone who hasn't heard the other show that y'all were on for us, um, if y'all wanted to talk real quick about how each of you got into this. And uh, I would like to know, um, along with that, what you started out thinking about Bigfoot to, to where you are now and what you think they are and um, like how, how have your thoughts about them changed? 
since you started to now. Larry, you first. Go. Well, how I got into it was I saw a track play whenever I was younger. And as I got older and saw some of the shows, the patty footage, all that, the bell went off my head. Hey, that may have been a trackway of a Bigfoot. So from there, it basically went on a back burner for years while I raised my family and worked like a dog and all that. And I finally got to a point that my curiosity from looking on the internet and seeing videos and this and that, and then actually hearing on Outlaw Radio that there may possibly be some in my area in the southeast here. So I decided to do something and go out. I joined a little local Bigfoot thing here in Tennessee, and that's where I met Mark. And we started going to LBL and started seeing signs and things of and possible tracks here and there and hearing vocalizations and that's basically how I got started into it. I don't know if you want me to continue on or let Mark tell how he got started in it. <laughs> um yeah, uh Mark tell how you got started and then we can discuss the other part. <laughs> I guess as a kid, I was always fascinated by Bigfoot and UFOs and the Loch Ness monster and all of that. That just—it's something that just really struck me, and I was always curious about it. And kind of like Larry, uh, you know, you—you you go through things in life and it kind of gets put on the back burner and then here comes the internet and so and actually night callers is the first podcast that i ever listened to and uh i just happened to type it in and and that was the the first one i hit play on and i got i've been stuck on night callers ever since and so I was looking to find some kind of group or some an individual to go out with, and I had absolutely no luck. I mean, you see so many things on the Internet, and it's like the BFRO wants to charge you $500 to come out there and bring your own lunch and sit around and eat with them. And <laughs> that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, in my career, I was an analyst and um, in the chemistry field. And so I was looking to find somebody that I could mesh with that kind of looked at it as a flesh and blood animal and to actually go out and search for these creatures. So Shelley Reed had came across an article of where the Arkansas Bigfoot Conference was going to be held. And so I, I went to that and was able to meet different groups 
and uh, joined the NABRC and kind of started from there, learned a lot of good protocols uh, from the NABRC. And then maybe about a year later uh, is when I met Larry. And mm-hmm. me and Larry just hooked up and and we meshed really well and we've been going out ever since. Well, we didn't hook up. Let's get that straight. <laughs> we may uh, research together, but we didn't hook up. Oh Lord! <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to do it. That's yeah, you did. You, that's why they call you Dirty Larry. <laughs> oh, no, that makes sense. Oh mercy. Yeah. And your chemical analysis is why they call you Heisenberg. Oh, my God. You guys. Welcome to Night College. Yeah. 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 Welcome, guys. Um, Hey, let's get back to Bigfoot. Oh, Oh, shall we? Shall we? Thanks. Um, So... When y'all started, obviously you think it's a you know a creature out in the woods. Did um, what did y'all think it was when you first started versus now? Now that you've been out, you've researched, you've heard vocals, you've seen evidence, you've um, seen how intelligent these things are. Um, how do you feel about them now versus what you thought about them when you started? Like, did you Go think ahead, they were some Mark. dumb animal? Well, as far as the broad umbrella of what this creature is, I still believe that it is a flesh and blood animal. But one thing that I say, and I've heard a lot of people say, the more I learn about this creature, the more I realize I don't know. And... This creature is a whole lot more intelligent than what I believe at the time when I first got started in this. Some of the things that we have seen in the field just blows my mind. Some of the things that I've Mm -hmm. heard, vocalizations, as far as, All animals will communicate with themselves, but this is a higher level of communication. This is almost like a language, and that whenever we have captured audio and heard them talking to each other, and so to me, I wouldn't have felt like I felt like at the time when I first got started that they communicated with each other, but that there was just like certain vocalizations that mean something. Like foxes have over 200 vocalizations, and each vocalization means something, and the other fox knows what it means. But Mm -hmm. some of the audio that I have heard is – 
the audio that Mike Hartsfield captured and the audio that Baby Jones captured, you know, that's a language. They are actually speaking to one another and answering one another. And so that's kind of where I'm at now is these animals are more intelligent than what I had any clue they were whenever I first got started in this. Yep. Larry? Well, when I got started, I thought, you know, from the general shows you watch in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even now on Discovery Channel or whatever, they're always going to talk about Gigantopithecus or something like that. And that's what a lot of the mainstream, oh, well, a lot of people still think that. And in the beginning, I guess that's what I thought. But I've always been a hunter, and I know most animals you're going to be able to pattern them between their bedding areas, their feeding areas, and where they water, and they're fairly predictable. And this creature or being is not. And mm-hmm. I don't think at this point that it's any kind of unknown species of a ape, personally. It, there's more to it. I don't totally understand what it is. But that don't answer your question. But I don't know what it is. But <laughs> I, just, I don't think it's what? an unknown species of ape. <laughs> you don't know exactly what it is. I'm just disappointed, honestly. No, that's just I ridiculous. <laughs> what are you doing out there? <laughs> what are you doing out there? I'm writing. I'm writing a book <laughs> about it, so I can discuss it in my book. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's a great answer. Yeah, that's you know answer. that's right. <laughs> mhm. Um, so, but you do think? I mean, flesh and blood. It's flesh and blood. It's intelligent. Yes. Yeah. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. It's flesh and blood, and I don't. At this point, I don't think it goes through portals or any of that. It. Uh, but who knows? Next weekend, I may see one come out of a giant oak tree. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Uh, I'm not going to say yay, nay, or not until I absolutely know for sure what I'm saying. And that's why I go to the woods trying to figure it out. Yep. Yeah, that's a good way to be. It's a good way to be is to be open-minded about it. Um, look for definitive evidence but at the same time kind of keep an open mind just you know so you can learn something and see what you can see because if you're closed off to it you're not going to learn nothing you're going to miss things (laughs) that's absolutely true and no matter what direction you come from in this subject there's things we can learn from each other no matter what Mm -hmm. because there's Mm -hmm. things that no matter what type of research you do, there's something you learn while you're out there doing this that may be a piece of the puzzle that may solve it all one day. Absolutely. Yep. Dustin, did you have a question? Yeah, I was going to go uh, 
with one of my favorites that I always ask everybody, or always like asking everybody, is uh, what are some of the scariest or sketchiest situations y'all have been in while uh, being out in the woods looking for them? Well, me and Larry is maybe different from other people, and I could say this about Lauren, too. Um, We don't, when activity starts ramping up, we don't get excited. And Larry and I are both adrenaline junkies. So (laughs) I think we all are. (laughs) So when things start getting thrown at us and vocalizations and uh, you know that they are watching you and trying to get you to react that I've said it before and and it is so true me and Larry would just look at each other and start grinning and cracking jokes (laughs) and uh, because I don't know I mean if they're going to if they're going to come in there and just slaughter you, I don't even think that they would go to the trouble to do that. You would never see it coming, mm-hmm. and so we just mm-hmm. that's that's what we thrive for is that adrenaline rush. Whenever mm-hmm. we're having possible bigfoot activity going on around us. Yep. It's the best I agree. So, <laughs> probably so, uh, the, I was going to say probably one of the most intense things that's happened while Mark and I have been out whenever the one or possible one walked up on me in the hammock in Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, it was pitch black and I got woke up by a smell and froze and could hear something walking off bipedally away from me. And I tried to get my clear up to see what it was, but I couldn't turn in the hammock. It went away from the head end of my hammock, and I couldn't ever turn to get it in a clear. So I just held the clear up and panned, hoping I caught something. And, of course, I didn't, but we got the audio of it. It sat outside the camp for probably 10 minutes or more, throwing stuff into the camp to see if we were going to get up and we'd turn on a light. And you could hear it easing in closer And before I ever woke up. And that didn't bother me that night because after it left, I went back to sleep. And woke up later whenever a, a, I don't know if it was a raccoon or what come through camp, but I did see it on the flare. But probably a week or two later, I actually thought about what really had happened. And I was like, holy crap. I had one within feet of me, possibly. Yeah. And there was nothing that I could have done if it would have grabbed me up in that hammock and took off or whatever. But <laughs> that kind of made me think a little bit 
after the fact, but while I was in the moment, it didn't it didn't register at all that I should be scared or worried about what was going to happen. I was just trying to see the thing mm-hmm. to find out what it was. I'll tell you Mark that. Fact. that. Oh, wow, we're all excited. <laughs> Two fun <laughs> facts about that story. Uh, one that Larry left out that is like my favorite part of the story, so Larry, what, what are you doing with your life, um, is that he was sick. <laughs> <laughs> he was sick during that trip and he was yeah. being a he was being a heavy mouth breather during that trip and so when it first walked up and he smelled it he thought it was his breath. I had been camping for two or three days, so I thought I got a whiff of yeah. my breath and I was like, Ooh And it was yeah. my and breath, thank said, goodness. Yeah. He said it wasn't his breath, and that's how he knew, oh, crap, there's something here. Um, Second fun part of that story is the location they were at is where I'm going to be doing my solo camp next week. So hopefully I get a visit, too. We'll see. I'll let you all know. Are you going to that same exact spot? Same exact spot. Y'all fired me. Pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I'm interested (laughs) to hear how that goes. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm a little bit nervous, but uh, like I was telling everyone, like I'm not so much nervous for the squatch part. I'm more nervous for the – I I have this, like, you know, natural fear of – not even hogs because, you know, most of the time you can hear them coming. I'm I'm scared a mountain lion's going to just – Decide I'm a fluffy little burrito in my hammock and eat me up. So um, that's what I'm nervous about. Death from above. That that makes me a little nervous in the woods. The rest of it I can handle. Yeah. You know, Bigfoot, hogs. You know, do what I need to do. But death from above. I don't know about all that. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> that's one of my greatest fears: is a mountain lion or a grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. I don't like the thought of either one of those. No, no, not a fan. You know, being eaten alive is not one of my top ten ways to go out. So uh, <laughs> I'm still going to go put myself in that situation. I'm just going to hope that it doesn't happen. So, um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's always a really good story um, you guys tell. And, and I I thought about it recently. I'd already decided to go to that spot and do a solo, and then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, hell, that's the same place that Larry and Mark had one walk up on their hammock. And guess what? I'm going to be hammock camping because, you know, yeah. that adrenaline junkie, you can't just go out there and, you know, do it normal. No, i got to do all the things. Anyway, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Mark's got a good story about us getting bluff charged. Ooh, let's hear it. Well, now, was this the time were... that Mark and I got bluff charged by the bunny armadillo hybrid? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell us about it, Mark. This, tell us about yours. This was down in Georgia, and there was a group of us, and we were uh, just – we had – Cheryl Corn Castle, he was familiar with the area and had studied 
the topo bounce pool, we went out and started picking out these places for us to go. And one of the places was on a bridge. And what is maybe something that is red flags to researchers is almost every, there were like houses or cabins, and, but they were really far apart. You know, maybe every quarter of a mile you might see one, but every one of them had for sale signs in the front yard. And oh, that's yeah. just kind of a red flag to me is like, why are these people, you know, got these little cabins or whatever, and all of a sudden they don't want them no more. And, mm-hmm. well, uh, Bear had made a call, and he, I think it was his third call that we got a response. And it was just a screaming banshee-type sound, like a alert. And you could tell this thing was moving. And then we started hearing other noises. And Shelly is usually our audio person in the field where she has headphones or earbuds in a recorder. And it enhances her hearing about ten times. And she tapped me on the shoulder, and she says, there's something bipedal right underneath us on this bridge moving around. And right after that, some, there was something that was being tossed and thrown through the trees at us on that bridge. And you could you could actually hear it going through the leaves, you know, of of the trees. And so we felt like we had something that was pinned up that it really didn't have an exit spot. And mm-hmm. then this other vocalization that sounded like a wild banshee, it was getting closer. So I took the flare, and I walked about 100 yards down this little gravel road where the road bent and thought if, if whatever this is is going to cross the road, it's going to cross where it's not going to be in direct eyesight of us. And so mm-hmm. I just walked down the, the this dark road and got off in the side of the ditch in a bunch of grass and just laid there with the flare running. And I heard all this commotion going on on the bridge. So after a few minutes, I got up and walked back. And Larry could tell a little bit about, because he was actually standing on the bridge, about getting bluff charged. Well, I was actually down on the other end of the bridge <laughs> watching you to make sure you didn't get killed. But all I can remember <laughs> is everybody saying, he's coming down the hill, he's coming down the hill. And that's whenever Bear took a 
Dr. Pepper bottle or something and wiped it on his hand and made a vocalization that is supposed to mean no or something like that. You know, we don't know exactly what vocalizations mean, but he's heard it in the past, what he thinks is one correcting a younger one or something. And he used that, and it stopped. But you could hear the thing milling around before it ever did that bluff charge, and it didn't care that it was snapping limbs or anything, but that mountain laurel on that hillside was so thick, you couldn't see it with a flare or anything. But it was pretty intense there for a minute. (laughs) A lot of people were really expecting this thing to come jumping up on that bridge that we were standing on. Mm -hmm. But it got stopped, and it was was a weird – that's probably one of the overall weirdest situations I've been in out in the field with all that happening. Mm Mm-hmm. Do y'all think it was a younger one, like a not a juvenile, but like a young buck, and that's why that stop stopped him? Maybe. I, I really think we had the juvenile separated from the other group, and I think it was either one of the females or one of the alpha males coming there to run us off so he could get mm-hmm. back to them without any problem. Gotcha. But, distraction. It's all about the distraction. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. You know me, I'm a firm believer in the distraction. <laughs> They're pretty good at doing that. <laughs> they are. They are. Have y'all been in any other uh, hairy situations that um, kind of made you want to jump back in the car or you know, run into the, or a situation that got you excited made you want to run in the woods after it? <laughs> well, normally we're already out in the woods when it happens nowadays. Well, but you know what I mean. I run know what you mean. After it. How about that? Come on, Larry. Uh, read my mind. Probably one of the best overall trips we've had whenever Eric and Kane invited us up to the area in Ohio. And they had done probably a year and a half's worth of work on scouting and figuring out things and ask us to come up and camp. And as we went into this area, we had, we had to walk in maybe an hour to an hour and a half, maybe two. I don't remember because I was suffering so much, but <laughs> as we, as we were going in, we were having trees getting pushed down. You could hear limbs cracking they were agitated that we were coming into this area and I have to believe it's probably because they were you know used to Cain and Eric coming in there and now they're dragging other people in there with them so (laughs) they were pretty agitated from the beginning and as we got to where we're setting up camp they were doing whoops and stuff during broad daylight. It was Mark, what do you think? It was it was one of my favorite trips because as in this place and other places that we go, there's 
I mean, we're outside of cell phone service. There's no running back to the truck uh, mm-hmm. because you're too you're too far away. I mean, you would you would never make it, and mm. that's a part of the adrenaline rush. Is is once you insert yourself into an area that that you are so far out in the wilderness that that there's there's no going back you know there's mm-hmm. um it's it could be it could be hair raising at times but I, I, I and we were all kind of we're all kind of wired the same way and it mm-hmm. it it makes it gets us our adrenaline flowing and and that's what mm-hmm. we want uh i know when we go to the appalachians we were we were going to pack out that mid morning and all of a sudden activity started ramping up and started having things thrown at us and and Huge trees being broke around us, and I just, I just kept thinking, man, if we could just stay another twenty-four hours, they would just be sick of us, and and more likely to come in closer that we could capture them on a flare, you know. Uh, but that's that's kind of what I'm. My goal is is to get one that gets fed up enough with us and gets tired of us and wants to come in there and run us off. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting all excited just like you talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you're going to get I, to see. I know. I can't wait. That's why I'm so excited. I'm over here like giddy because, man, I'm down. I want to go out and, you know, get almost eaten and get my Squatch badge. Let's do this. I'm pretty sure I've already earned my Squatch badge, but, like, this is like a black belt Squatch squash badge. So I'm pretty excited to go do that. Yep. I'm stoked. <laughs> I am down. So well, I'll go to I- Go ahead, Dustin. So y'all go – I was going to say, so y'all go to several different states and uh, go in, uh, on outings looking for them. Have you noticed any kind of difference between, like, say, if you went to Oklahoma and then went up to Ohio? It, have you noticed any difference in, like, types of activity? Actually, I see more common denominators than I see – Things that are not common denominators. Now, one thing that I might say is it seems like maybe different troops that are in different areas, whenever they mimic things, they will mimic different animal sounds. Like you may have a a troop in Oklahoma that mimics bar owls, and but yet you may have a uh, a troop in Arkansas, and and they do a, a totally different 
animal mimic. And that's kind of what I see, but I see more common denominators than anything. My mic cut out, I think. That got loud. So, um, how many states have you guys each been to to research Bigfoot? I believe that I have been to 12 different states. Yeah. Uh, as far as east, I think I would say Georgia, and as far as west, um, Brenda Harvey Harris invited me out to New Mexico, and uh, that was that was a place when I'm sitting in a rocking chair and too old to do anything that I will always remember that trip with staying on the Navajo Reservation. That was just. It was totally awesome. Well, I've had yeah, the same I, number my, minus ones. I didn't make it to New Mexico. That's um, crazy. Me and Larry, Larry and I is going to be adding another state this spring uh, to Florida. And, no, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, we will be down uh, in the Everglades. Oh, and, man. Um, you guys going to go get that skunk ape? Yeah. Uh, Carrie Arnold from Bigfoot Odyssey um, mm-hmm. approached us to, uh, to, go, to go down there with this expedition that he's putting together. And he's... Uh, he really hasn't been into the research part of it very long. He actually got into this because of a sighting he had in southern Mississippi. And his sighting is my favorite sighting that I've ever heard because it was more than just a three- or four-second glimpse of one. This was one that actually interacted with him and um, got a kind of got aggressive with him and but this uh, Bigfoot Odyssey expedition it's, it's going to be really cool he's renting like a $50,000 flare and they're going to put it up on a drone and so mm-hmm. and there's going to be Two teams, I think, um, five or six people on each team, and we're going to go out in shifts, and we're going to cover this area for seven days, 24 hours a day. But to me, the idea of sending a drone up with a flare on it to see if you get any hits, and that will tell the team which direction to move and all of the team will mm-hmm. have radios with earpieces that we can communicate with each other that hopefully we can 
uh, outflank anything that we might see and be able to get some video footage. Everybody will have cameras on them. Um, it's uh, just a really uh, a good idea to go about an expedition. And so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, that's that pretty awesome. awesome. Like I, I can't wait to hear more um, after. I guess um, that's awesome. And Can you so the about said, the springtime. Yes, it'll be the springtime when we do this. Awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that. I I hope you all have some real good luck out there. That sounds mm-hmm. like a really good time. I'm just really Larry? excited about getting my hands on some of this equipment that I've never been able to to use, like, you know, a really good clear and things like that. It's just he's um, – He's got a GoFundMe page, um, trying to. I think he's got about half the money raised. Uh, he's trying to raise twenty thousand dollars to buy all of this equipment for us to use. And so, you know, uh, this is an active area that we're going in where another research researcher researches and has had activity and. I think it's a good game plan. Yeah, it's it, it definitely sounds like uh, it should be quite profitable. Well, not profitable is the wrong word to use, but like it sounds like y'all will definitely have Productive. some happen out there because, I mean, those are some really good sounding tactics and. Uh, like those real expensive players, I'd be too I'd be too uh, scared to hold one because I'd be afraid I was going to drop it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, you can't worry about that. I've Man, dropped my TK Scout down a hole in a creek and had to swim in the creek at four in the morning trying to find it and didn't find it. Oh man. It was nah. great. <laughs> that just gives me anxiety. <laughs> I um we went out with uh Michael Waldy and he had his awesome rig that he he's invented and and he put it on my head and I'm walking around with it and and uh, I think Dustin said, "Hey, how much how much is this whole uh this whole all this gear together on her head? Like how much is that?" And I think he said, "What did he say like $1400 or something?" Man, like that. I swear to God, a Bigfoot could have walked up, and I didn't care because I was too busy trying not to run into a tree or something and scratch <laughs> this thing. I was terrified, and we're we're I think we were on the top of the ridge by that, and we had climbed straight up a ridge, and um, and that's about the time I learned how much it was, and so we're trying to climb back down this ridge, and I remember telling uh, Bigfoot Mary, I said, you know. If I fall and die, please use my life insurance to reimburse him for this this gear because I'm not even worried about my life at this point. It's like so expensive, but 
um, it was a pretty it was a pretty awesome product. So I think he's actually posted in Texas Bigfoot Rangers. I think he's actually posted um, all the gear description and everything and pictures and video and so um, I mean it's a it's a really good gig. But God, I was terrified to have that much money on my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard about that the thing he made and it sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's what's yeah, really yeah. good about collaborating with other people. When you get outside your circle and see other people's mindsets and their thought processes and their talents, that's just a good thing to to mm-hmm. be able to learn from other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, there's there's good and bad. You're gonna get out there and you're gonna you know, some people are gonna research and it's just something that you would never do and it gets on your nerves because it goes against how you research, but then they'll have a way that they do something else that you're just like, Oh man, I've never thought about that or oh my god, that got so much response and you just you know, it's the good and the bad and you just have to be open and not think that your way is the absolute best way ever, and you have to be open to trying new things and, and learning. I guess that's one thing that gets on my nerves more than anybody else, that they think that they are the alpha male or their group is the alpha male, and they can't learn nothing from anybody else. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we have been out with uh, someone that at one time was considered the woo king, queen. And I'm going to tell you, she was the best owl caller that I have ever heard. She could cut loose with owl calls. And when, whenever you're in the field and, and you're maybe trying to get a response from a booger, you don't want to do mm-hmm. the actual owl call. You want to do what the mimic of what a mm-hmm. booger would do for the owl call. Mm-hmm. And she just had it just down pat every time. And so that's, I mean, you can learn from anybody out there. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I feel like, I feel like each person, no matter what their reputation is or you know whatever, I feel like each person has something to offer. I agree. Mhm. Justin, you have any questions? <laughs> yeah, I had one right on the tip of my tongue, but it, it, as soon as I went to say it, it just went poof. <laughs> <laughs> you poofed? No, the idea I didn't even have time poofed, about you pooping it. on air. Oh, well. Mm. Well, that never happens to me, so I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> well, yeah. I just want to put in a, a plug for Larry. Larry's got a new YouTube channel, and it's called Beast of the Woods. And it's kind of like behind-the-scenes stuff that we do that's not evidence-related that we do on the Sawdust Beast channel. 
And it could be that or it could be him out fishing. But Larry is a funny guy. He's got a great sense of humor. And his videos are just, they're awesome. I think i think they are absolutely awesome. So if you, Is Larry funny? It is, I hadn't noticed. Larry is funny. He is funny. <laughs> is he? I mean, uh, I get play, it. That's what, $20 I owe you now? Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, did y'all so, bet you know. on? <laughs> I oh, no, he's just really plugging my channel and talking about how funny I am, so I guess I own $20. Hey. I know. Now I feel bad. I'll have to update our our link with that uh with your or our um show with that link in it. Um Uh-oh. definitely. Y'all plug away. Plug away. Y'all can plug uh Beast TV, of course, cuz it's, you know, a really good uh I enjoy y'all show every week. Um Beast of the Woods. Um go ahead and plug was, Sisters of the Moon because Debbie might get mad at you if you don't. Yeah, but they don't <laughs> even have a channel or a Facebook page. I bet you get on to them all the time for that. Yep, and they say I don't want one. <laughs> Every one of them. I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> I want to go research. I don't want to be typing on a computer. Well, don't they know that's what that's, you're for? I don't know. Uh <laughs> I gotta do something, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, and then also, you know, real quick plug to uh, Kane and, and Eric because they do, um, they do put a lot of their stuff up and and they are out there plugging away and um, getting you guys out there plugging away with them, which is pretty awesome. <clears throat> Yeah, I was also going to say that uh, if y'all wanted to uh, to plug uh, the GoFundMe for the Florida outing. Oh, yeah. Yes, you can go to uh, Bigfoot Odyssey, and they've got a link on there for the GoFundMe page. Okay. Awesome. So besides that, what else do y'all have planned coming up? Y'all got any uh, big things coming up? Well, Larry's work schedule is it's going to be tight this the month of January, mm-hmm. and so we're just going to try to get together when we can. It may be just him having an off day and. We can meet up with Shelly and Dan and Vicky and go out and make some calls and mainly to go eat at the buffet. And uh, <laughs> before we go out, uh, and then we've, we've got our little venture with you, Lauren. Uh, and so looking forward to that and if we can get the EBGB scared out of us. I'm down. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, I'm hoping I can redeem myself a little bit. Um, it's it's funny to me. Like I'll I'll go off into the dark, but man, 
and something big happens, I'm fine. But something little runs at me, man, I freak out. I can't help it. I don't freak out, but, you know, like I have that involuntary response. And it's so embarrassing. It's like, it's like you know, something huge can run at me, and I'm, I'm fine, but a little bunny dillo runs at me, and it scares the crap out of me every time. Well, you <laughs> and, know what? That happened at ground zero. There's a big difference if you hear something coming through the woods. But if something mm-hmm. is within just a matter of inches from you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's totally different. I mean, it's just it's more of a reaction than anything. It is. It is. It absolutely is. Um but no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh having a lot go down. I'm looking forward to getting some having a good encounter, good good experience all around. Mostly I'm really just looking forward to getting out there and and hiking and getting out real primitive away from everybody. That's that's what I'm looking and with a good group of people, you know, I'm out there with you all and uh man, I can't wait. I'm I'm so stoked. Dustin, I've been talking Dustin's ear off about it for like a month now, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> He's probably so sick what? of hearing it, but man, I'm so excited. <laughs> Every time we've, been there, we've had a lot of activity. Yeah, yeah. From what I hear, I mean, because I listen to. So if y'all will go listen to um, Beast TV and listen to Spencer Jameson's show, they talk a lot about it on there on that one um and then outlaw um they they had a show right after y'all had the big outing there and they talked about it there they kind of went into detail about what happened so if y'all go listen to those um i mean i'm i'm so excited i hope we just about get run out of there well not run out but you know we can't really run anywhere so yeah (laughs) they'll try okay so uh no pressure Real quick, um, I, I had uh, one of our listeners message me, and he wanted me to start asking um, the, our, everybody that we have on this question. And uh, the question is, why do y'all research? Do you do it for yourself? Um, good question. Do you do it just to prove it to yourself, or prove it to yourself, prove it to others, just in it for the experience? Why? Why do you do it? I don't know, well, y'all, but I'm in it for the money. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> y'all are all rich, y'all, right? Oh, yeah, oh you know? yeah. That's me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I just, from, I just do it for myself to, to answer the question I have. Is it for mm-hmm. real or not for real? And so far, the needle's pointing for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also, I do it for the experience. Uh, I'm not trying to prove it to anyone or to the world or be the guy that's going to wind up in the Smithsonian for some kind of piece of evidence. I do it for the experience and being out there. And I... You know, and this is what I've got to say that that if it wasn't for Bigfoot, 
my life would be, there would be a hole in my life that I wouldn't mm-hmm. even know about because of the friends that I have made mm-hmm. in pursuing yeah. this hobby. I just, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be talking to y'all right now, and I consider all of y'all to be my favorite people in this whole world. And, I, you know, I, I think about your mom, Lauren, and mm-hmm. just how much whenever we get together and, and just I'm kind of a sentimental guy, and it just, it just, it I cherish, you know, the times that I'm able to spend with people that I would have never met if it wasn't for Bigfoot. And for me, that's the icing on the cake. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've met lifelong friends in this and uh, people that, you know, are closer to me than most of my family even, you know. Um, And um, I'm with you. I do it for the experience as well. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why I don't take a lot of technology out in the woods with me at this point in my research. Um, I I just really – you know, you got to think I was raised with my mom who's had, you know, umpteen sightings and encounters. You know, she has 20 years of experience, so she's been out in the woods enough to have all that. And so being raised with that kind of legacy, it's like, well, you know, I want to see it. I want to have that. I want to do it. And so I go out there and still haven't had a sighting and all that. I've had encounters, but not sightings and not stuff like that. And so um, – I'm going to keep going until I do. And then I already know my part, my kind of personality, adrenaline junkie, that's just going to make me want to do it more. Um, so I'm out there to have that experience. Same as you, Mark. Also, you know, the friends and family that I've made uh, doing this and all the knowledge that I've picked up. So uh, amazing people I've met. I agree. Yep. Justin, why do you do it? <laughs> well, I do it for myself, and um, you know, since our last trip to Falk, uh, even though I haven't been able to get out since then, I've been chopping at the bit to get back out. But uh, I'm I'm ready for more. I've like I've I've had the bug since we started a bit since the Falk trip. The the mm-hmm. bug has just gotten worse, and uh, oh yeah. I'm. I just do it for myself, um, and plus also, like Mark said, all the great friends I've met, made uh, a lot of them are like like family, and uh, and it's also I. It's a good reason just to get out in the woods and go camping. Um, like even if I go out and I have a weekend where we don't hear a single wood knock, vocalization, sighting, nothing. I'm still out in the woods camping, and it's one of the things I love, and it's all for myself. <laughs> yeah, I call it camping with a plus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, for me, getting out in nature is just, I mean, so I know, you know, it's it's a bummer to go out in the woods researching and have nothing at all happen, but for me like getting out in nature, getting out and camping, that's my favorite part of the whole weekend. And if I get a Bigfoot, any kind of activity, that's a plus. That's just a bonus for me. I mean, I'm still going to be bummed we didn't get anything 
but getting out there, I mean, that's that's just, I'm all right with that. As well. You're not going to see <laughs> nothing sitting on the couch. Nope. No, you're not. Yep. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, the one, one thing I hate worse about, uh, or the one thing I hate about um, these trips are, is having to go home. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although usually I but, smell so bad by the end of the trip, I'm ready. <laughs> Yep. Well, Dustin, any other questions from the listeners? Uh, not from the listeners. Um, I'm kind of tapped out tonight. I haven't been able to get into my groove. <laughs> oh, hold on. Uh, Larry, someone wants to say hi to you real quick. He's been very patient. Okay. Hi, Larry. All right. Hello, how are you? It's yes, Sandy Laird. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> is that Uncle Larry? Hey, he has Adam. been so patient this whole show, and he <laughs> wants to know when you guys are going to go find pine cones again. <laughs> well, I hope so soon. He'll be yeah. able to karate chop some sticks into now instead of get pine cones he to the will. fire. <laughs> he will. He's uh he's pretty excited. Um he's been real patient the whole show, so I told him he could go ahead and say something. Um <laughs> that's something um that I, I'm kind of I've kind of changed on is I want my kids out in the woods and I want them to learn about squatching and everything. But I've noticed that since I've been getting out more and more, I'm a little more hesitant to take my kids out with me. Like in a campground, I'm fine with it, but like primitive camping, I don't know. I'm a little bit more hesitant about it. I want them to learn, but also want to keep them safe, you know, and I feel like I have less control out in the woods in the primitive camping than I do at a campground, you know? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, I totally understand that, but do we really have control in a campground or a primitive camp? No, that's true. I mean, that's a good point. There's a, a lot of people who use substances that don't that uh, impair their judgment in the campground, but um, I guess you guys know how I am. Um getting them that far away from a uh, medical institution because my kids are my kids, you know, and they're (laughs) evil Knievel part one and part two. So um, (laughs) I don't know. Hey, it's better to be safe than sorry. It is. No. Um, (laughs) But anyways. All right, guys. Well, we are winding down. Um, We really appreciate Appreciate. There you go. Appreciate you guys coming on tonight and talking with us, uh, telling us about your recent experiences, kind of updating us because we've had you on the show before, of course. But um, we, I kind of wanted to get an update about what y'all have been doing out in the field, out at LBO. Um, you know, y'all, y'all come not a long way, but y'all, y'all have uh, done some different things since you were last on the show. So I just kind of really wanted to cover that and get an update on y'all and. Uh, 
uh, we'll let Sisters of the Moon come on next week and outshine everybody. And <laughs> oh, yeah, you know they have all their like stooges. <laughs> Man, those girls get some good encounters. They are pretty great. They do. Uh, they are not scared to get out there. Not that y'all are, but you know. The big foot like the women. I'm just convinced. I'm convinced. They do. I agree. Yeah. That's why y'all invited me, huh? I knew it. <laughs> we got we gotta have bait. And you keep talking about it. putting peanut butter on and all that. <laughs> That was on you. You're supposed to put peanut butter oh. on you. You keep messing that up. I don't understand what's so confusing oh. about that, Larry Porch. Okay. Yeah, I'm Larry Porch. <laughs> I, I'm just glad she's not trying to convince me to do it anymore. I'm going to put it on you while you're asleep. I'm just going to dump it in your tent and leave the tent door open and see what kind of screams I hear throughout the night. It'll be fine. Lauren, I think mm-hmm. you got a peanut butter fetish. You might need to seek some help. <laughs> it's good for you. So, Protein. All right. Before we go, um, speaking of peanut butter, I'm going to tell a quick little story about the first time Lauren and I have gone out. And oh, it was God. it was at Hanobi. And <clears throat> it was after the festival. And uh, everybody kind of wandered off to do their own thing. And it was me, her, and our friend Kendall. We were sitting there talking, and Kendall's like, hey, let's go over to Bison, our area, which is about 30 minutes away from Hanobi. So we jump in the truck, and she brought a box of uh, Nutty Butter bars, and she had put them in the back of the truck. And – she was munching on one in the back seat while we we're going down there. Well, on the way back, I'm trying to get into into my console, like in the middle of the truck, to try to find something, and I didn't want to turn the lights on. And I'm like, "What the hell is my hand in?" And there was a half-eaten of one of those nutty peanut butter bars in my console, just sitting there, like you know, her own personal little ballet tray. <laughs> yeah, what'd you do with that? What'd you do with that nutty bar, Justin? Huh? Oh, I ate it. <laughs> he did too. He's like, "What the hell is this? What do you think you're doing?" Crunch, crunch, crunch. And I'm like, "Really? I was gonna finish that." And he's like, "No, nope, too late." <laughs> Dick. Finders no, keepers. I mean, yeah, I yep. guess I see your point, but not really. I, I don't. Mm-mm. Nope. It's just ridiculous Um, Well we appreciate you guys coming on tonight And uh, Mm -hmm. Who are you guys having on your show next week We have Rodney Beasley On tomorrow night It's 8 o'clock Central Standard Time Oh tomorrow And he is the guy that (laughs) Yes on Thursday nights At 8 o'clock same bat time, same bat channel, and <laughs> we uh, and it's the man that came out with us last weekend. Oh, 
And so he is going to talk about his experiences of what it was like to go out Bigfoot for the very first time. Oh, that's pretty cool. Sweet. I mean, I kind of always want to hear, you know, because you, when you're in it for however long, you forget. You know, you forget that that first time or um, first getting into it, that fresh perspective, you know. So that's awesome. Should be a great show. Yeah, and, definitely. And uh, I, I just want to say before we go off the air with – this outing that you're putting together, Lauren, I've been out mm-hmm. to Alex Smith Park uh, a couple of times and researched out there. And that's such a, a great area, and it's such a great cause to want to mm-hmm. improve that campground for other researchers that want to come in and experience the the Fouth experience. And so mm-hmm. I just really want to commend, commend y'all for that. I know Keith Crabtree is uh, kind of heading that too, and uh, Keith's a great mm-hmm. guy. We love Keith Crabtree. We love him. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. He's great. So, he called me uh, uh, last Sunday, or this last Sunday, he called me, and he's like, you know, I've been kicking around this idea. He said, I want you to head this up. Let's do this. And I'm just like, what? He's like, yep. He's like, I want an event. He said, I want to want to promote the park. I want to get all the groups together. He's like, all right. And he literally said, I just shot a three-point balls in your court. Dribble, baby girl. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, so yeah, and then he said, you know, I want the SBA boys on it. He said, I want to – he's like, let's let's do this. Let's make this a big thing. So, I tagged in Dustin and Shane and um, got them working on their parts. And so together, um, and my mom, of course, um, so she had some great ideas, um, just, you know, fun events we could throw in there, um, different things. Dustin, of course, brought in the vendor piece because he does this amazing leather work. So he brought in the vendor piece with the raffle. Shane's all about the graphics and the advertising marketing. He's on it. So we have a great team here putting this together, and we've gotten really good response. Of course, Tanya Knight, you know, she's Keith's research partner, so um, she's going to bring in She Squatch, and she'll be there. Lyle Blackburn has thrown in his support. You know, he's a big fan, a big supporter of Falk, and so he wants to boost the park as well. So he'll be there, Jeff Crypto, Hulk Stewart. So we're really excited to have a lot of great people who care about this place um showing their support so uh we're we're excited we're still like six seven weeks out so um so far we have um what was it at last count over 200 people interested in coming and i'm i'm slowly losing my mind i I don't know what i've gotten myself into but um (laughs) it's for keith you know and it's a good cause (laughs) well i i tell you what i make walking sticks and mm-hmm. I've seen them where they have like a measuring tape on them so that you've always got where you can measure a print. And I'll donate one of my walking sticks oh, for that's that for the awesome. raffle. Thank you, Mark. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Gosh, you make people you laugh. Can some, yeah, you can donate some food, Larry. <laughs> I don't donate food. I eat the food. <laughs> I don't make anything either, so I'm donating my time and my uh, my sanity a little bit. But I'm really excited. Um, hoping the weather holds so that more people can make it out to support the park. Um, so we're planning, uh, like we said, we're going to have a raffle. We're going to have a kids um, how to Bigfoot event, you know, show them tracks and casts if we have any uh, there. We're going to bring SBAs, bringing all their amazing casts. And, um, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have a movie night. We're going to have campfire stories. And then we're going to do um, a couple teams go out and research different areas of Falk. So, um, it's going to be a really good time, first of its kind, but Keith would like to make this an annual thing. So we'll see where it goes from here. We're pretty excited. That's fantastic. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. So uh, so thank you guys for your support, Mark. That's awesome. Um, we really mm-hmm. appreciate your donation, and uh, oh, wish us luck. <laughs> yeah. Oops, sorry. Blog talk radio, radio ladies yelling at me, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. For the thank you guys for. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for coming on, thank and coming we will. On. Yeah, we'll uh, catch your show tomorrow, 8:30 p.m. Central Standard Time on YouTube, Beast TV, and uh, we hope to have you guys back soon after y'all get some more experiences. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for having us on. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.